This Thacker Slate podcast is hosted by Connie Thacker and Allison Slate, two experienced attorneys who believe honesty, transparency, and knowledge are key to achieving the best legal outcomes. A variety of topics, particularly those related to sensitive family law matters, are candidly covered by Connie and Allison in a way that's refreshing, timely, and practical for listeners. Welcome again to the uh, Thacker Slate podcast. We're really pleased to have with us today Becky Luters, who is a healthcare professional. And today's topic, we're going to really deal with uh, stress in the divorce process. Oftentimes, we see our clients in this process at their worst, and having a uh, uh, divorce or death that occurs is really traumatic in one's life. So we're going to go ahead and introduce uh, Becky and then have a discussion about uh, the effects and then what you can do to prevent some of the stress when you're actually going through the divorce process. So good morning and then just uh, introduce yourself and let's tell our audience what you're up to these days. Sure. Thank you. Yes, I'm Becky Luters. I'm a nurse practitioner um, and I run a wellness center called K3 Neuroscience Optimized Wellness. And the main thing that we do there is we focus on kind of an individualized approach to somebody's health. So we look at multiple things. We do um, blood work that looks at general health and vitamin levels and hormones. Um, we focus a lot on the adrenal glands, which we'll talk about today because as it relates to stress. Um, and I have, uh, I've, I've done a fellowship in metabolic and functional medicine, so a lot of weight loss, um, exercise, uh, counseling, those types of things is what we do at the clinic. Well, that's great. And so um, when we have clients who come to us, the stress levels are always very high. And we all know that stress impacts the body, right? And so what kind of things does, how does the body react when you have such an enormous amount of stress when you're going through a life-altering event like a divorce? Yeah, so there's there's two different kinds of stress. There's that stress that we have, you know, every day with work and kids and family and those types of things. And then we have these significant events such as divorce or death, like you said, things that can be unpredictable and can be prolonged. So those are situations where stress can last more than a day or, or a two or a week. Um, it can be months, um, years even. And that's what really can take a toll on the body internally. So our adrenal glands um, help us manage our stress. And there's actually something called the HPA axis, which is the hypothalamic uh, pituitary adrenal axis. And those are our glands that really manage all of our hormones the adrenal glands in particular stress. So when you have these prolonged stressful events, you get kind of secretion of our stress hormones like cortisol. And cortisol at high levels for prolonged periods of times can cause a lot of issues. It can cause fatigue. It can cause weight gain. It can cause mood changes. Um, so the, I think the most important thing is recognizing the stress and trying to figure out what we can do um, to help support people through that period of time. And what would you recommend for someone going through divorce, how, how to manage that stress? Is it exercise is most important? Is it a combination of exercise and vitamins and other dietary changes? Yeah, so there's kind of a, like a standard, you know, recommendation of what you'd, you'd want people doing. Um, obviously, it depends on the in individual. Um, and I think it's tough for the individual during those times to think about themselves. And that's really something that's important. Um, things like exercise, although 
the type of exercise is important. So you don't want to be doing high-intensity workouts like CrossFit or sprints or, um, you know, boot camp type exercises. You want to do things more like resistance training, walking, jogging, um, yoga, meditation, Tai Chi. Those are probably the most stress relieving type of exercises and something you want to do at least three to five days per week, even if it's just for 30 minutes. Um, also making sure your body has what it needs to get through these stressful events. So diet, is a, is a good start. Um, a lot of people with stress go one of two ways. They either stop eating or they overeat. And um, it's important to kind of recognize which type of person you are and really focus on diet. Um, a good, clean, healthy diet with lots of, you know, vegetables and lean proteins, um, avoiding sugar or other kind of inflammatory foods like dairy, um, gluten, and, and try and just really stick with whole, a whole foods diet if, if possible. And then making sure you have your, me your meals scheduled because people who are under stress, like I said, either don't eat or they're the type of people who don't eat throughout the day and then they get home and they eat a huge meal and then their sleep is disrupted and, and they just don't feel good. Um, and the other thing is recognizing what types of vitamins and minerals are helpful, Getting, making sure you're getting your B vitamins, magnesium's very supportive when it comes to stress. Um, you know, those types of things, a good multivitamin. So if you're not able to be perfect with your diet, you're kind of supporting yourself in other ways like that. When does, um, <clears throat> I, I often see our clients who are stressed, but it, it always seems then too, that it leads to depression. Mm -hmm. And you can see that in the effect of some people. We see it generally in women who are victims of domestic abuse. And we can see um, how sort of timid they are and depressed they are at the beginning of the divorce process. So stress can lead to depression, I assume, right? And mm -hmm. some yep. depression is um, situational. And so um, what would you recommend or do you have any recommendations of when and if that sort of depression sinks in? I mean, should they still be uh, doing the exercising and the supplements and all of that? But is there anything else that they should be doing for the depression? Yeah, I think, I think yes, de depression definitely occurs with stress. And to not get too technical, part of the reason why is what happens with this kind of cortisol issue. So what happens in... Typical stressful situations, somebody's chasing you down the road. Um, your adrenals kick out cortisol so that you have the energy and that the blood flow goes to your muscles, your digestion shuts down. And as soon as you're in a safe place, the normal thing that should happen, the normal physiologic thing to happen would be that within 30 minutes, that cortisol kind of comes back to a normal level and your heart rate returns back to normal, your blood pressure, those types of things. And somebody who has prolonged stress, what can happen is the adrenals think that you're running from somebody for days, weeks, months even. And so it's chronically pumping out lots of cortisol. What can happen over time, obviously, is that that adrenal gland can become tired and then it stops pumping out cortisol. And when you have really flat line or low cortisol, you can have symptoms such as chronic fatigue and then depression. So I think a big part of it is, is recognizing the stressful event 
and trying to prevent that from happening because those are the real kind of chronic problems that can last months and years post-stress. Yeah, and a lot of times we see um, clients who are also um, self-medicating, right? Mm -hmm. So the use of alcohol or other stimulants can have an impact on how they react to stress. And do you have any advice on the alcohol use that occurs? Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's a tough one. I think in patients who are feeling wound up from their stress, and a lot of times the alcohol comes to settle you down. Um, And some of the things that you can do instead of alcohol to settle you down would be obviously the the calming exercise, the meditation. There's also things like calming herbs, lemon balm and and, um, passion flower, um, you know, things, natural things like L-theanine or taurine, um, ashwagandha, rhodiola, which are adaptogens. And these are things that you can actually find in one supplement. Yeah. Where do you get something like that? Um, there's, you know, there's really great supplement companies, designs for health, metagenics, orthomolecular, they all have their kind of version of, um, of something that helps with that high cortisol state. Mm -hmm. And then there's also things for the low cortisol state for, so for the depression, um, obviously going to your primary care doctor and making sure, you know, oftentimes during situational depression, medications can be helpful for that period of time for six months. And then oftentimes, you know, after that stress has resolved, then people can be tapered off medications, that, that sort of thing. I think the biggest thing is prevention. And you can use some of these more natural ways to do it as long as you catch it, you know, early enough. Um making sure that you are prioritizing things such as eating your diet, but also sleep is very important. So setting a bedtime, uh, making sure you have good sleep hygiene, not falling asleep with the TV on, keeping your lights off, um, you know, maybe doing some deep breathing before sleep. I mean, sleep is huge. That's when your body recovers, uh, especially, especially your adrenal glands. And obviously, if somebody can get a good night's sleep, they're going to feel a lot better in the morning and be able to tackle, you know, the day. And when you're not able to catch it early and you find yourself in that depression, when would you recommend you really seek the advice of a professional? Obviously when it's impacting your day. So if it's impacting your work or your your ability to take care of your family, your kids, um, if you're having a hard time getting out of bed, um, if you're feeling hopeless, those are some of the symptoms you know, when you're diagnosing depression, you have to meet certain criteria. Those are some of the things that are, are red flags. Um, and that you, it's lack of, if you're unable to sleep despite, you know, good sleep hygiene and maybe, you know, some calming herbs or, or those types of things before bed. Um, sleep is just so important. So that would be another time when you'd want to kind of seek additional outside help. And I would assume that, or maybe I shouldn't assume, but when a client comes to see you is this sort of the first face of trying to figure out what's going on with the person is at the start with this bl- blood work to find out what's going on with the hormone levels and cortisone and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that too, but also just taking a really good history because it may not be a current or even a recent stressful event. It could have been something that happened five years ago, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and unless... People have proactively tried tried to heal themselves post stress, uh, a, a, a big stress event like a divorce or or uh, a death. Then those symptoms they, they may not even be aware were related to that. Yeah, and I would think that you know healthcare 
professionals, even mental health in terms of counseling and all those things would be highly recommended for people going through this sort of situational stress. But um, so taking the history, getting the blood work, and then what's usually the next path with your with what you would do? So really then taking a look at everything, seeing how things line up with history and symptoms, and then developing a kind of a personalized, that's that's what we do. We we develop a personalized plan for patients um, that's comprehensive. So it's not just, you know, things like medications and certain vitamins, but it's also diet and exercise and, you know, the other things that we counsel on as well. And Connie and I have both been through that process. It is a lot of blood work. I think it was a little bit startling when you go in and then the saliva test is just, it was terrible. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you do learn an awful lot about yourself that you you sort of think you know, but until you really have that blood work finished and the saliva test finished, you really don't know. Well, I think that that's great information for our clients and other people going through this uh, very stressful time, <clears throat> you know, given the incidence of the divorce rate still at 52% of the population. Uh, we see a, a lot of people who have these health problems and it can uh, get the best of you really quickly if you don't take good care of yourself and get it under control and go to see somebody such as yourself. So we want to really thank you for coming on uh, the show with us today and talking about some of those issues. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Thacker Slate podcast. If you have additional questions, do not hesitate to contact us at 616-888-3810 or visit our website, thackerslate.com, for additional information. 